0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. It is episode number 60, and it is Thursday the 18th of March. Uh, I'm delighted, ladies and gentlemen, to be joined by the rest of my fellow senior partner team. So Earl Glasgow, Mark Henderson, Neil Johnson, and David Harrison, the uh, gentleman with me who helped um, found True Potential back in 2007, we actually went live in March 2007. So, this is our 14th birthday of being live, and it also coincides quite neatly with uh, the launch of our latest annual report. Our 2020 figures are out. They have been signed off by the auditors. They're filed at the Companies House, and hopefully by now, some of you have received a copy of them and had a bit of a read of them. So. We thought we'd celebrate uh, this now uh, 2020s figures by just talking about some of the figures in there, some of the the facts and, and what's behind those figures for you as well. So hopefully it gives you some further understanding of true potential and about how we've helped do more with your money. Um, but before, before we get into that, um, Probably a day earlier than normal. But we tend to record this on a on a Friday, but I thought I'd ask Mark just to give us a quick update of the week that's been so far in the markets.
1: Thanks, Daniel. Um, it's it's been a relatively quiet week actually in the markets. There's been a lot of movement underneath the, the headline figures, which I'll touch on in a moment. But um, if we if we start the week on Monday, you know, traditional, if nothing else. Uh, European and UK markets were a little bit weaker, but the US was up. And what was affecting European markets is the slow pace of vaccinations. You know, something that we've um, we've touched on on various uh, podcasts in the past, and in the written uh, literature that we put out on the, on the website for clients to read. And everybody will be aware of the the AstraZeneca situation in in Europe, and that is having an effect. Um, the UK and the US are well ahead in in vaccination numbers. Um, and it's, it's something that Joe Biden actually touched on. And again, this is something that we've highlighted, that he said that, that with the deals that they've done with Johnson & Johnson and, uh, and Merck, that they're going to get most uh, U.S. Uh, adults vaccinated by the end of May. Um, what we're seeing in, the, in the, the U.S. market is particularly interesting under the surface because there's some sector rotation going on there. Seesaw between uh, the, the economically sensitive areas of materials, energy, financials. And tech on the other side of it. Um, We saw a little bit of dollar strengthening on Monday. There's hints of U.S. tax rises to cover infrastructure expenditure, uh, but the markets are looking through this for now. But it's also an interesting story about Apple. Um, It used to be Trump versus China. It might be turning into Apple versus China because on the next rollout of the, the technology for iPhones, there's going to be some security in there um other apps tracking movement on the iphones unless users specifically authorize that and there could be an effect on some um advertising revenues that are generated through iphones we'll keep an eye on that and see see what's going to happen uh, tuesday uk and europe took a lead from the us which ended up fractionally uh, lower, um, but it was a quiet day. Uh, as I say, Europe and uh, UK were down a wee bit, but not too, too much. But the US bounced back and we saw growth areas um, putting on more gain than we did we saw the previous day. Um, a lack of movement in bond markets seems to be a catalyst for good news on the equity markets. And um, also, the, the, there was a U.S. Treasury auction on Tuesday where four, $24 billion was raised for a 20-year bond. So there's plenty of money out there still for bond markets, which uh, settled things down a little bit. And we also saw the the survey, the Bank of America Fund Manager Survey. And interestingly enough, the COVID concerns are waning um, from from fund managers and inflation expectations are something that they're keeping an eye on. So what happened yesterday? Again, following the pattern of one one geographic area being up and the other area being down. So the U.S. is is, uh, performing all right. Um, The sector volatility must what was happening at the lower levels, as I've touched on before, in Europe, um, pretty pretty steady, just waiting for the Fed announcement, which came in after markets closed um, on on this side of the Atlantic. Anyway, uh, so what did we see from the Fed? Well, they were just really saying what what they see, things, the projections for the next few months, um, but there were significantly um, increased. Um, optimism in there. Uh, US GDP, the forecasting now 6.5% on the air, whereas 4.2% was the forecast. Lower in employment, uh, slightly increasing inflation, but importantly that the Fed reiterated their desire to continue to buy bonds at the rate of 120 billion per month. So with that, it settled things down a wee bit. Um, Also, the feeling that interest rates in the US will remain unchanged and very low throughout the end of 2024. So that that helped equity markets move up. Um, Today, what we're seeing is, again, a similar pattern. Um, UK and Europe up. The DAX, in fact, uh, the German index is near to its all-time high. The US opened down, but it's coming back as we speak now and record this session. Uh, the only other news from the day is Bank of England, Dan, saying that they'll keep interest rates at the current low level and continue to buy bonds. So what, how is that reflected in the portfolio performance? Well, month to date, they're all showing good growth. Um, the the defensive portfolio, 1%, rising up to the aggressive portfolio, which is 5% up on the month. The balance, the mid mid-market portfolio, there's 2.3% up on the month. So all driven by equity market movements, and as I say, a quiet a quiet week, but adding a steady um, March growth that we're seeing across the sectors.
0: Thank you very much uh, for that update, Mark. And we'll get back to you in a moment as we walk through the annual report to see what the last mm-hmm. year's results were like as, as well. But um, you talked about growth in there, Mark, and I think it's probably a good chance to hand across to you, Neil, just to... Maybe give a summary of the, the, the financials. Obviously, these are annual accounts, so it starts with the financial side of things. So could you just run through the highlights there, please?
2: Yes, Dan. No, absolutely fantastic, yeah. Um, and I think the first aspect, really, the, the key to the success of the group is the continuing growth in sales and the accelerated growth in sales, and Earl's going to cover that in a bit more detail, but just just at a high level, 4.2 billion of new asset sales... In, uh, in 2020. That was 64% up on 2019, which in itself was a strong year. So, you know, exceptional results last year and really kicked us on. So translating that through to, I guess, my side of it, which is really looking at the accounts, as you say, and looking at our revenues, looking at our annual turnover. Um, £185 million pounds was the turnover in the group in 2020. That was 28% up on 2019 and um you know that that is a substantial scale of business now that we've, we've built over that 14 years since we started and every year we've seen growth we've seen 20 30 growth and we've built on that foundation built on that success so we've seen that scale grow up 185 million of turnover in the annual accounts that we've just filed at Companies house and then really the key from there is translating that into profit. And really every pound of that sales revenue, we take a little from a lot and we generate a margin, we generate a small profit on each pound. And that brings us through to the sort of results that you see for what we look at as EBITDA. So that's earnings before interest, tax depreciation, amortization. So that's really the main measure of profitability across any company. And last year, uh, 2020, we we hit 74 million of profit on that measure, so that was 59% up on 2019, uh, 46 million. So, we've seen a great great growth there, and we've seen this continued improvement. And what that what that means for us is we've got more money to invest back in the business. We've got a very strong foundation, and you know it just gives us the confidence looking forward because because of the way we built the business model. It's a really successful, sustainable strategy for for clients, for advisors, and for the company as a whole. so seventy four million of profit, that's you know it's just a fantastic result um, in the in those published um, accounts. and actually we've accelerated. we're continuing to grow and grow faster. So um you know I think we're just we're just delighted to be reporting these results now. We've finished the audit, had them signed off, filed the accounts, and but you know we're not sort of, resting on our laurels whatsoever, you know, we're now kicking on with 2021, which is looking even more positive. You know, the profits have grown again in the first quarter, the first two and a half months of 2021. And again, on the back of that great sales performance. Grant. Uh,
0: thanks, Neil. And we'll get on to the sales performance in a minute uh, via Earl. But David, just to hand it across to you for a moment, please. Um, Neil mentioned um, a little from a lot, which is a um, a, a real mantra that you've drilled into us all at True Potential since we we set it up. So could you maybe just talk a bit more about that that philosophy and why it's important to us at True Potential?
3: Mm-hmm. Delighted, Daniel. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, it, I, I think
3: you, you don't have to have that as a business mantra. There are different things. But if you were to polarise at one end, one scale, you've got people who would say a little from a lot and you have other people who... Would say we try and get a lot from a little. Um, and I think it's the same with knowledge. I've always believed that it's a cleverer person, as somebody who knows a little bit about a lot of things. They're much more interesting, aren't they, than somebody who can bore you to death knowing everything about their particular uh, little area. Um, I particularly like the way that uh, Neil explained EBITDA to us because <laughs> Neil does. is unusual for an accountant because normally accountants know a lot about a little. Um, so, uh, but Neil is unusual. He does actually, he's got a big brain. He knows uh, a little about a lot. I'm getting mixed up with littles and lots. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've, I've always felt that, it, that um, it's fairer for everybody. if you. So what we are looking for, we're looking for as many clients as possible um and we want to give every single client we don't treat anybody as a group um i've no belief in that i'm a great believer in individualism i'm a great believer that every single person counts um so every pound of of money put in is separate from everybody else's pounds of money there's no collectivism there are no uh, shared costs if you like uh where uh, you know, your 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 pension is having somebody else's pension. I don't believe in any of that. I think that's wrong, uh, personally. And, and the philosophy of the company is based on that, is to try and give every single client of ours the very best deal for that client. And it's the same uh, philosophy, Daniel, has gone into the impulse save mechanism, where anywhere from £1 to a £100,000 at a flick of a switch Get you invested in up to 120,000 different uh, shareholdings. So, a little from a lot, a little bit of investment into a huge array of assets across the asset range and across the geography of the world, if you like, uh, including currencies, is what we've built the company on. So, at times we we see performance where you get the expert uh, fund manager who gets a lot from a little. Uh, and that looks quite startling when you see, I'm not going to net mention names of certain fund managers, everybody who's been investing over the last few years knows who I'm kind of talking about here. That's not been our philosophy. If that goes wrong, you're in a mess. Uh, if we go wrong, right, we'll not go as, grow as fast as we want to grow, but you'll still be growing over the long term because we've spread your investment. And our belief is that that it doesn't matter if you're really, really wealthy. We know lots of really, really wealthy people. We have literally hundreds of people who've got more than a million pounds of investments with us. Um, But we've also got hundreds and thousands of people who've got anywhere from 30 to 40 to 50 pounds to thousands of pounds with us, each one of which are important to us. Yeah. Every person's pound is important to us. Um so and we don't we don't get the, the millionaire to subsidize the person putting a pound in either. Okay, it's just that's just wrong. You invest with us, it's your money and your deal is with us. My my contract with you is you, not with you and him and her and that thing over there at the same time. So yeah. I don't know if that helps. It's uh, no, it,
0: it has it, been a, a we, before we started the company, it's exactly the same philosophy. It, it it definitely does, David. And where it had been a, a history lesson, I think when you were talking about technology, I was thinking about something you you wrote in a in a previous forward one of our annual reports, which was the concept of the democratization of savings, which is what technology allows us to do as well, where it's completely agnostic. Um, the systems that we have at True Potential, they don't differentiate between the person with the one pound or the million pound. Like you say, they, they have access to the same tools, the same analysis, the same look through uh, from there, um, which, which I think then helps us really push that a little from a lot uh, with, 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 within there. And certainly when you look at the different types of clients we've gotten, some of the different figures which, which helps build up that profit. Yes, we've got the large accounts, which you mentioned, and then We've got people who have their first savings, be that a JSA for, for grandchildren, but also we've got more than a hundred thousand older enrolled clients who are paying into our workplace schemes every single month. You know, from five percent of their of their, their their earnings and starting to build up their first meaningful uh, retirement pots uh, from from within there as well. So certainly, then to pull that in when you when you talk about the diversification side of things, David, it, it's. Not just how we invest the money, it's I think it's a diversification of our client base as well. It's uh, all all different types of savers and investors are, are with us. Um, and Earl, you're 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 at the the pointy end of that. You you have the unenviable task of, of attracting people to come and use true potential f- from the beginning. So um how was how was 2020 for you?
4: I have to say, Daniel, um I was flicking through all the different years and I remember October 2019, you know, we were over 300 million in sales and we thought, wow, you know, and there you go, you go into 2020 and you hit, what, what hit us, all of us, um, and, you know, we, we went through 400 million and then went through 500 million, um, so, you know, a, a fantastic year um, and to me, it, it's down to two or three things, I think. The Market out there outside the True Potential is suffering at the moment. I've had two calls this morning, unfortunately, speaking to advisors where the firm's struggling to pay bills. So, the, you know, the other companies out there are really suffering at, at the moment. Not, you know, the, the reason cited, not able to do new business with clients, not able to meet clients. So, there's no business getting done. The firm's under stress. I think for us, it's the innovation we've done with the technology, um, you know. Out of the 4.2 billion last year, 4 billion done paperless, right? So it's like it is truly business as normal. You know, 4 million client logins, like that's good connection with your clients. That's a great relationship when clients are connecting into you at that way. But what it means for advisors is they continue to work with clients and ensure the clients are looked after, continue to do new business with the clients. And the fact that has on me is when I'm then going to talk to, other advisors out there how they're dealing with clients it's not the same story so the differentiation with our technology and what we can do with clients is really attractive in terms of you know being able to work better with clients and make sure clients have up-to-date information 24 7 about what they own you know that, that should be their right anyway to know what's in their pension and how it's performing and if they want to put more in or they want to take money out so, you know, it was a fantastic year for us to get over and just put into context, you know, you know, we're now top three 2020 in the amount of sales that we're doing in all the product providers in the UK. The quarter four, we were the top one. And I suspect with the way we're going into 2021, you know, we'll look to be the top one or one of the top ones in the first quarter when we get 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 through March, again, driven by the same things. A combination of technology people wanting to join us and clients joining and staying with us you know and trusting us with their money so it's a great time to be a sales director i have to say there's many a time the conversation hasn't been as good as this one or i haven't been able to go out of the year to report such fantastic results but it really was you know a great year because of, to me because of the technology and the innovation that we do
0: thanks al and i think you you mentioned an interesting point about advisors being able to be clients or, or not. Um, so I think there's been, the last year has been a bit of a, a, a shift, hasn't it, for how how people look after their clients, both new and existing. So what you think has been the biggest mind change? Do you think it's been that move to the full digital transfer of business, which you mentioned, or do you think it's been the way that advisors and clients have had to learn to do like what we're doing today, which is kind of share screens and talk with one another?
4: that's that's a fantastic question and i'll give you an example this morning um i think clients have always been able to do this i think they do it in other things and have been doing it for a while i think the pandemic has really accelerated their knowledge and education and using technology right and i think what's happened is what's happened is re- just completely removed the resistance of advisors used to say to me, "My clients don't work like that, right? So you know we have a you know a, a very mature, well-educated man in Billy Jack who now preaches lyrical about technology and the experiences he has with you know three hundred different advisors have made the transition to their clients fully utilizing digital direct offer and digitalization. so it's 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 been a big shift and if I look at how we operate in recruitment, you know, when we're bringing in new, new people, Daniel. You know, we now do virtual meetings, which means I've already done three meetings today. Well, a year ago, you'd you think of the old way, you'd maybe do three in a week. You'd meet people in Newcastle. You had Virtual Insight days. we've done one today. We do one every week. We have about, you know, you know, any up to 75, 100 people doing an interview with you. You have Q&As on Monday with you. We'll have another 50 or 100 people gone that. Paperless applications remote you know it's just it's come normal now I, I don't know the only the only downside I can see is all these people have recruited and all these new clients. I've never met them so I'm looking forward actually <laughs> to meeting these people that have met on the camera and have signed up and they've trusted their career with me you know um, I've recruited new recruiters I believe one of them's six foot six so that's going to be interesting when I'm standing next to them doing a one-to-one I mean, neck's broke because I'm five foot seven and he's six foot six. But he looks the same height in the camera. So, I'm OK, I'm holding my own.
0: Yeah, <laughs> especially if what you can do is you can tilt the camera like up and down as well. So you look taller or smaller. Well, example, over there, so it's...
4: I tried that one the day and then the editor come on and says, would you put that webcam down? Because it was <laughs> doing a bit of trickery. <laughs> um,
0: and I think it's going to be. I mean, as you might be able to tell, both Mark and I are in head office today. We've, we've been uh, having a few meetings, and I've been just checking on the the progress with the building work we've got going on. And I think it's going to be, I think, it's going to be really exciting to get everybody back. I've, I've been kind of plotting and planning things and where people are sitting at the moment as well. And um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be great to meet some of these new advisors again. It's going to be great to meet some of the new. Sales directors as well who, who you were talking about get them all in and, and and just you can't replace some of this human contact I think at times I think that the technology is being great in terms of the effectiveness which it can bring, but at times there are there are occasions when we all need to get together and uh, talk to one another face to face Mark, um back back to yourself, please. Um, we've obviously got a, a great section in there about the growth in the funds, which Neil was mentioning, you know, the 4.2 coming on to the platform there, but you, you obviously wear two hats at True Potential. You you, you administer those assets, but between you and the investment management firm, you manage uh, more than 12 billion of True Potential portfolio assets as well. So maybe you could talk about 2020 and what, what that's meant for clients' money, please.
1: Yeah, sure, Dan. I think now that we're in 2021, you know, I can say that 2020 was an exceptional year for the, the platform and the portfolios. Um, if we'd been talking a year ago, I would have resembled Commissioner Dreyfus from the Pink Panther films, having to deal with Inspector Clouseau and uh, every every time the market opened up, Clouseau had done another foolish, foolish antic and my my nerves were getting worse and worse, but happily um, we, we pulled through that and it, it turned out to be a great year for the portfolios. And the platform, you know, we, the funds that we administer, that is the platform, $14.5 billion at the year end. And as Earl was touching on, you know, it's been a great year for sales. The portfolios themselves finished the year with a total of $12.5 billion in there and 90,000 clients in the portfolio. So I think that that probably by the um, end of April, beginning of May of this year, we should have 100,000 clients invested in the portfolios. But what's what was key for the investment management team is that we've got the flow of money coming in and that that didn't um, abate during 2020. And it's always a nice position as an investment manager to know that you've got daily positive cash flows coming in, that you can put that, that money to use. You can buy what you want to without having to sell investments that you you would probably have rather hung on to and particularly in february and march of last year you know selling investments was absolutely the wrong thing to do so what it, what it meant was that we had all portfolio showing a positive balance as we came through 2020 and you know it was a year of anniversaries for us as well in that the investment management function of the of the uh, business Went through the fifth anniversary, so we started running funds and portfolios back in um, back in 2016 in October of 2016, and now look, we've got that five-year anniversary. We're we're quite a mature firm. Um, the, the, the portfolios are showing great growth over that five-year period as well, with the aggressive fund up, you know, 59%. We touch on that in the in the annual report, and the balanced up 40% as well. But what was I think what was really interesting when when you get into the investment management side, Dan, is that we've got to do a lot of theoretical stress testing over the the investments. You know, something that David touched on before without naming a particular fund manager. Clearly, they didn't go through that sort of um, exercise, but we have to and we do it regularly, looking back at the, the worst events that the economy can throw at us and simulating how the portfolios would perform. Well, there's been no need on 2020, there was no need to actually put any theoretical testing in place because it was real. And what it did show was that diversification works. You know, the diversification that we build into the portfolios by spreading money around the world in different asset classes and different managers who've got different styles and approaches protects everybody from the biggest falls but also gives you the participation in the rising markets. And when the markets were moving so quickly, not just day by day, but intraday, um, you need that sort of diversification to to have your money working for you. And what we saw um, on a longer term basis, if if I can call a year longer term, was you had the falls in February and, and March, but a very rapid recovery from that. Um, and vaccine-led rallies in November and December, which I'm pleased to say that the um, the, the portfolios have benefited from. And the other thing that we, we we talk about is them being multi-asset and diversified. Now, a lot of um, investment, if you're, if you're dealing with, a say, a, a different DFM, there might be a domestic bias, which would see the portfolios more heavily weighted to the UK. We don't do that. True potential. The the biggest holding or the biggest weighting we have is to U.S. equity, and that's that's we have more than twice as much in the U.S. equity markets than we do in the U.K. Um, and 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 in Europe as well. So that diversification is something that we we will continue to do, and it's 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 something that we get from a principle of the business, which is a diversified business in true potential, but also knowing that that approach is best for the clients. That we have and those who are trusting us to look after the, the money that they've they've had to fight hard to earn. Um, on the platform side, you know, it, it's a case of good administrations never seen, and that's the way it should be. But the growth that we're seeing coming through means that we've got to use technology um, for for the best use of, of our clients. And again. The, the pandemic was an accelerator for technology change in so many ways, as Earl was touching on before, and everybody becoming more comfortable using technology. And we used last year. There was an opportunity that we felt we couldn't we couldn't walk past, and it was it was born out of the the volatile markets in February and March, because at times it takes a while for a fund to be valued by the um, the fund administrators and that value finding its way through to the client. And sometimes that could be 24, 48 hours. We use the technology to say that right for the true potential funds, we get a price value round about one or two o'clock in the afternoon f- reflecting what happened in the market, the market the previous day. We will take that value as soon as we get it. And when a client goes onto the website or their app and requests an up-to-date valuation, we will pull that down from our servers and put it onto the client app and the client website. So they were getting absolutely the most current valuation of their investment that they could get. So when they're reading things and they're seeing things about markets going down, but also bouncing back up, clients will be able to get the most up-to-date information um, available. So that really helped. it's driven. It's helped drive the number of logins, onto the sites, which I think we'll touch on later. So I'll, I'll leave those figures to one side for now. But also on the platform, we, we, we've been cutting out paper. And by cutting out paper, you cut out time. So the processes that we've been using for getting money onto the platform, but also for those clients who are requesting, say, a drawdown from the pension, we've put that all online. It cuts out packs having to go um, to the client in the post and them having to fill them in and sending them back signed, you know, forms. We do that all online. So it's cutting days, if not weeks out of a process there. And we had, you know, 2,800 or so clients use that new facility just in 2020 alone. Um, The last thing I'd like to say about the platform is just that within the industry, you get a lot of um, surveys and a lot of awards, and I was delighted that the, the platform got the highest ever ranking in one of the surveys for advisor support, but also clients have voted for us as well. So we continue to pick up awards there. That's that's not to say we'll sit back. Um, we can't sit back. We'll continue to press on and um, and make further developments as and when we can.
0: Yeah, thanks, Mark. And I think on that paperless side of things, that's... Uh Another accolade that we picked up last year was we were named as uh, the industry's uh, digital uh, process champion for the next Wealth Awards. And kind of hot off the press as, as a couple of days ago was we we won the City of London Wealth Management Award for the second year in a row. So in the 2020 report, we mentioned we won that then, but we we picked that up again just, just in the last week as well. So that was kind of some new news for us. Um, David, across to yourself, please, I think, as, as well as overseeing the, the, the great results which, which which we've covered in there, I think True Potential were very busy in terms of kind of the, the community side of things, in terms of, you know, we call it giving back in the report. And and you really kind of uh, were at the head of that, you know, when we look at, say, the work which you did with your, the unisolated group on Facebook and founding in the C-19 business pledge. Could, could you maybe just talk a bit about some of the work that you and, and True Potential did throughout 2020?
3: Yeah. Um, viewers mightn't uh, realise, or oh, if, if they they didn't, I'll, I'll explain now. When we set the company up, um, getting a bit of feedback here, sorry Danny. Um, when we set the company up, a portion of the shares we put into the Harrison Foundation. So um It's the the charity, Harrison Foundation has been, which is True Potential Charity, um, has been around since the start, and as a result of which, any dividends, any any share sales, any value, any benefits that we get, the shareholders, that charity gets as well. Um, So it's always been part of what we do. Um, Another part of it is that we tend to be lazy. We're busy. We're busy people. Um, so we will donate the charity, but only if those charities help themselves. So we we do investigate, we do look at things, um, we try and put the money that we've collected and the money that comes out of the company to, to good use. The staff, of course, our staff have are, are been brought up on that as well. It's phenomenal the amount of uh, money they personally put in out of their own pockets but also they put forward charities that we will help. And the the Harrison Foundation will double that. Whatever they do, we'll just add the same amount in, which is lazy. Um, But it it means that they gather £100, we put another £100 towards it. So it works really, really well. What I personally hate are charities where the charity is all about the people who are running the damn charity who earn it a wage and a living out of a charity. I know some people have to work full time for charities. Um, but there you go, you you see a lot of these worldwide kind of things where it's clearly an exercise in just losing money. Um, so we were very, very careful with the sort of stuff we put in. Um, during the year, uh, we helped in lots of different ways. I think 30,000 something, food parcels were sent out. We helped with local uh, care homes Um, by donating money there. We helped uh, youth uh, clubs. uh, And because we're a national company, of course, we threw it open to our uh, sales advisors if they had people who they felt that we could help, then and nominated them. We tried to help them. So um, I'll not go into I, I, I think last year was an exceptional year for for charity for stop I think a lot of people helped a lot of people out so I don't want to um, get into a competition where we did more than them or whatever we we we, we did our best um, to, yeah. to help those less fortunate um, but it's good fun by the way uh you know people ask you why you do these things I, I do because I like to do it yeah so I get as you know that's that's it if everybody just did things they liked themselves world would be a better place instead of running around hoping that you're doing something for somebody else just do it for yourself if you're a good person you do something for yourself you're bound to benefit another person uh, kind of thing so yeah it's uh it was a busy year and the COVID-19 stuff Danny we, we've got a thing called social mobility pledge uh Myself and a, a, a lovely lady called Justine Greening formed that Social Mobility Pledge, uh, it seems like years ago, but it's not that long ago. Um, and part of the spin-off for that, Justine was very keen that we we got those same companies to do something about COVID. Um, mm-hmm. So once again, we we uh, moved in that direction. I did a few things. I didn't, uh, I didn't get my Zimmer frame out if I'd done that earlier. Um uh, poor mm-hmm. cap Captain Tom wouldn't have got his uh, his at, at, uh, um so I, I didn't bother with my Zimmer I just just went skipping and boxing and <laughs> doing things you
0: like did that. Well, you oh, did you did the skip skipping mm-hmm. and boxing on an on isolated group, david on, on Facebook, which you know had ten thousand people on there. And I think you weren't just skipping and boxing. It was uh, you know weekly quizzes. Um, and actually, I, I used to dip in and read it. And it was, it was I think, certainly in the early days of, of, of lockdown, it was a worrying time. And I think the, the fact that 10,000 people got together in that Facebook community in such a fast time, I, I think was it was a fantastic initiative.
3: I think the final thing I would say, Daniel, is for us as, as a company, what may have come across in that report, we put some facts in that section in in, in my uh, foreword from there. Um, I love facts. I love reading about uh, people. I love the factual side of it. I've, I've, like everybody else, I have an opinion and I listen to opinions, but uh, I'm all for what Neil mentioned early on, which was let's get the facts first. Let's actually get the facts. Look look at the growth in our profit. Uh, no good running a company without profit. It's got to come eventually. See some tremendous valuations of some of these technology companies who are yet to make a profit fine um i may believe in that putting my own money in um i wouldn't put other people's money into that however i think you've got to work hard and make a profit most profits if you see that growth now a profit is substantial we're talking about you know everybody get, can get a thousand pounds a thousand percent increase from one pound or whatever that that figure is. Um, and that's easy. Getting those sort of figures when you're talking about 50 million, 60 million, going up to 70, 74 million. And so that's that's difficult to do year after year after year after year, which is what we've done. Um, we have got a very, very solid base. Every pound that comes in is profitable to us. Um, the amount of margin that we, we get, we will reduce that to help individual but a little from a lot means we earn a lot because we're doing a lot of business. Um, Mark was uh, very modest earlier, about 12 billion, 12 to 13 billion I think now in, in terms of true potential investments um, but over 15 billion in terms of uh, money held on the platform. Uh, our platform is very different from other people's platform we see, once again, this, this merging of fact and fiction. Um, when we're talking about a platform, we're talking about our assets, our funds, when we talk about 13 billion, that's funds that we're looking after, that Mark and his team are managing every single minute of every single day, um, which, once again, without technology, and without the help of 12 to 15 other world-class managers from other organisations, um, we wouldn't be able to, to do that. Um, so it's quite a, uh, I, you could say 2020 was a great year. It was in terms of results for us. It was uneventful, it was a terrible year sitting in the house. You know, um, it's not my job. Any, anybody's job as a chairman to comment on what would you have done? But what we did do, I can tell you what we did. We. We uh, decamped fairly quickly from anywhere we were gonna catch some disease that we didn't know anything about. Uh, I've been sitting in this place since February last year. I haven't been able to work to work since then. Um, so uh, it's, uh, it's driving me crazy uh, working this way, but we're able to do it. I definitely wouldn't do it long-term. And by the way, I think it's definitely a bad thing for people to work from home over the long term. I think there'll be damage. I also think in the economy, uh, we're bouncing back quite strongly, but I think you will see some alarming uh, losses. You'll see some alarming things in the next few months as a result of this, okay? Because uh, it's not good, and the amount of redundancies which are hidden, uh, I think are huge. So, you know, you can't, I mean, you, you cannot run an innovative organization such as ours um, from a Zoom meeting. And, you know, if you if people who join any company learn from that company and that company learns from them, the best way to do that is sitting next to somebody and watching them work. You know, the, the big thing about getting children into jobs, uh, which is a bit of a passion of mine, um, you know, social mobility, I think it's best done by the creation of jobs. Um, we began to see some of that as well, good news there. We began to see, we're going to bring the Treasury up to Darlington. That serves them right. You can imagine that, you know, just what the Treasury official wanted to hear. I think that's great, but Darlington's a fantastic place to travel to every day from London. Um, I've no doubt some of them will have to uh, uh, be chained up here and to uh, to learn to live in the northeast of England. But it will, over time, uh, make certain that people will learn to become uh, treasury officials, will learn everything that's needed to know, you need to know, uh, and work uh, out of that. And if we did more of that as a as a as a country, diversified, pushed things out into different areas, you'd have a much healthier economy. And of course, you wouldn't have had the overheating of London economy. And of course, you wouldn't have had vaccines spread the way it spread in London
0: more than anywhere else. I mean, so we we, we, we talked about the, the the office side of things, the office environment. And I think one of the other matters of pride, I think we, we, we had our true potential was we, we kept everybody gainfully employed. I think that the productivity... Of, of the staff was was excellent uh, throughout twenty twenty the the way that we 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 ran test runs in advance to because we could see a lockdown coming and and everybody who works at True Potential adapted amazingly well and and one of the other things I think we're we're, we're proud of is that we retrained staff who wouldn't have been able to work from home so say the reception team for instance rather than furlough them, which I think is, you know, the, the, the worst possible scenario. Obviously, it can't be avoided in some industries and, and some trades, but we didn't want to do that with any of our staff. So being able to train, them, retrain them and get them into new rules has been quite good. But it's, you know, and and then we, we had another decision, which was to really up the amount of contact we had, which was, as David Wright says, you can't beat face to face, you can't beat sitting with colleagues, clients or, or 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 new advisors there. but we tried to replicate it as best as we could. So just picking out some of the figures from the annual report, you know we we had more than one hundred and forty thousand different phone calls with clients and advisors alike. Um, we ran uh, an exceptional kind of webinar communications program, which meant actually you know they this do more With your money podcast we did, we did um. know nearly nearly 50 of those last year we recorded um enough video content and and the daily morning markets which mark jeff and the rest of the team do where more than half a million of you viewed it uh, throughout and certainly when you look at say some of the early times with, with 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 the lockdown side of things when markets were very volatile we know from from many of you that that was when it was most valued the fact that true potential weren't hiding away the fact that we were Producing insightful information every day. Just hopefully reassure you to let you know that we're watching there, that we're there uh, for you. Um, so it's just some other bits of highlights which I picked out of this report. Um, Neil, back back to yourself. We 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 obviously um, you talked about the, the the financial side of things, but when we're looking at the report, is is, is there anything else which maybe uh, hasn't been mentioned today, which 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 you think would be of interest?
2: i think it's it's the breadth of it uh, dan you know i was reading it through again today obviously we've you know been through and checked it over but i think the you wouldn't see another organization with that breadth of coverage you know you've touched there on on client service and communication and the fact that you know there was an improvement in response times and we've all experienced haven't we you know that last through last year, the number of times you've tried to get something basic done with a, with a bank or a local council, and they've said, oh, well, because of COVID, you know, we can't do this anymore, or we can't answer the phone, we can't reply to your email. And we've actually turned that on its head. You know, we've actually come through this period, which was quite disruptive. And you know, we've delivered a, a much a better service. We've improved the technology, we've, we've taken, you know, some leaps in, in that direction. But just, I think, the sheer, you know, the the numbers and the performance and the facts, as David's mentioned there, you know, nobody else, I think, you don't see these sort of reports coming out. I think everyone else, and as you see, the big PLCs publishing their annual reports, um, you know, some of them, as you say, are in industries which are inevitably going to affect it. So you saw Greggs with their results yesterday. Well, obviously, they had to shut a lot of their retail estate and they were affected you know, they bounce back to some degree. But for us to be able to publish something like this with the breadth of information and facts and all pointing in a positive direction in terms of client service, advisor support, and the sheer results that we've delivered across the group, I think it's it's a fantastic document. I mean, if people watching haven't read it, I'd very much commend that you have a look through it and draw some of those things out because, you know, we've covered investment performance, we've covered sales performance, but also that giving back aspect, I think, as you know, in the middle of what's quite a disruptive period, you see some organizations just turning inwards and, and trying to sort of keep things going or, or deal with an internal problem. But we've actually, you know, I think we've been able to continue looking outwards and think about supporting clients, the more general support, social mobility that David's spoken about. So I really would say to people, have, have a look through the report and you'll actually, you know i mean when i read it through it you know i had a smile on my face because you think this, there's some real positivity here and real opportunity and, and things that we've we've done and i think pointing forward there's more that we can do but um you know i have got to say in terms of everyone who put the report together it's a very good report but the underlying features and performance that we've teased out i think is is exceptional so um you know i think more more of the same looking forward but you know, I think we've covered most uh, most aspects, but it's that totality for me and the breadth of what we do and what we've been able to do and just the determination of everybody in the group to keep going, you know, get their heads down. It, there's been some difficult times last year when we had to shut the office and, as you say, do all that planning to people to work from home, retraining people, not furloughing people, but that commitment of everybody to say, right, let's make this better. You know, let's look ahead and, and make this better and get a better performance. And, and I don't see that in a lot of companies, really. You, you see a lot of negativity in people using this whole pandemic as an excuse for giving up on their clients and giving up on their business. Well, we've turned it the opposite way. So I think it's, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a great report. It's it's well presented, but it's also the underlying features that we are reporting. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's 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 a really positive story throughout.
0: So, well... Well, we'll finish I heard you laughing there, Earl, so we'll, we'll pick on you. Um, just, just, <laughs> just, just, just to finish finish off of things. I'm not going to ask you if you're going to go to Ponton's, but I think we, we've we've talked fine. about all 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 the different. <laughs> we've talked about all the different elements of the annual report. And we've we've talked about how you're you're the man responsible for bringing new advisors to true potential. So for any of our viewers today, what would be the one section of the annual report which 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 you tell them to 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 study, which which you ask them to look at first?
4: I think it's the stats. I think there's 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 a two or three pages that I've took a screen print off that ah show all the new recruits. I think it's the the graphs with the year on year double digit growth um, keeps going up, and hopefully will keep going up for my for my good sake anyway um but also i think it's the customer care and the charity work daniel um you know the important thing is david says to make a profit because that's why we're in business but if you make a profit and have fun and help and see people do well i think that's what i love about true potential that you, you see people around you doing well or you help people in need so i've never seen that much in the report before but this year that stood out for me you know the way we helped consumers and settle them down when markets were a bit ups and downs and the response times and the logins. But then the way we've helped out during the year, and I'd agree with David, the way the staff every month when we did those webinars and did those charity things, and the amount of money we bring in that we matched, you know, I didn't see much of that happening elsewhere. And I think I'm very proud of the staff of what they've done this year. And we've got Greg Lang, I think, running the whole length and breadth of the UK um, I think he's got stuck in Taunton. I don't know if he's in the pub that opened up and he hasn't got out of it yet, but he's been there for the last three weeks. But good good on Greg, he's going to run Land's End of uh, John O'Groote, So, But that was, for me, You know, the, the highlight. You know, Not just he about was us. Planning, was he's
3: there? planning to stay at Pontons at each Pontons, but he's gone. Something's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he looks the kind of person that would... Like wreck a caravan, wouldn't he? The canis? that's the kind Yeah, I
0: think he, I think he must be stuck earlier, right? I'm just, just looking, I'm following <laughs> Greg, Greg's map.
4: Well, he's, I was, he's I was in, about to hand my pocket, and then I noticed he hadn't moved, so I was wondering, is he, has he stopped? But if he starts moving again, I'll, I'll give him some money to get him motorised. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's on, he's on 209 miles. He's in Gloucester right now. I'm uh-huh. just checking the map. See yeah. got... 209 miles out of 1,082, but I, I know from him being in the office today, he's got a bad knee. So uh. Uh, it's, all, uh-huh. it's all going wrong for Greg. Three, three months in, but oh, uh, no. he's, he's, he's he's off to do a 10K tonight, he says, which is about another six miles or so. So he's, he keeps he keeps on a tripping. Good, he's, that's a good
4: call. He's, he's running for
0: there. Yeah. Well, brilliant, well... I think, uh, gentlemen, I think that 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 that's a that's a great place to finish. I think for today. Um, so, uh, thank you, Neil, Earl, Mark, and David as well for for helping walk walk through the annual report. If, ladies and gentlemen, you haven't seen it yet, I'll ask Graham to maybe put the link on the screen right now. Um, hopefully, he's editing skills stretch to that. So, if the link pops up, uh, please click it and download the report and enjoy the read. If Graham can't edit that, uh, please go to tplp.com, and it's on there as well. So uh, thank we'll you, everybody. We will replace him we'll next week with somebody who can. That's right. We'll bring we'll bring, <laughs> we'll bring a, a new competent editor in uh, for the for the podcasts. But um, uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, who are clients of us for trusting us for 2020 and and and, and helping contribute towards those those fab results. Um, I. David rightly mentioned before, but you know, the the pride we take in terms of looking after client money. And I think I've even mentioned in my annual report or certainly I've said it many a times, it, it's a privilege every pound that we look after for clients in terms of your investments and your pensions. Uh, so thank you for helping be part of the true potential success. Um, So thanks again, uh, have a a good evening, have a good weekend as well. And we look forward to speaking to you very soon. Cheerio for now. Thanks. Bye Bye everyone. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please leave a like, and don't forget to subscribe to the true potential YouTube channel. If you have any questions or requests for future videos, let us know in the comments.